This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. It is Thursday. You know what that means. We bring on Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Folks, if you're new to the channel, this is my puppy, Jimbo. He's 15 and a half. He's not feeling all that well. So I have him on my shoulder just to try to keep him quiet so we can get through this discussion with Jonathan. So uh, first topic always, Jonathan, is uh, unemployment. Uh, we get to talk about that. It comes out about 6 a.m. my time. So what'd you see? What do you think? Uh, I think my thoughts well, on it are evolving. Unexpectedly good. And, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, relatively speaking, right? Yeah, uh, really. So, but we're down, it was down to 779,000 claims. Yep. And the prior week was revised also and mm -hmm. uh, to 812. And, uh, you know, it seems like people are starting to, um, to hire again, and that's good. And so, you know, this is one of those things, as you and I have said in the past, like, you want to be wrong about, right? And we were saying, we thought it was going to be going up. Uh, but it looks like it's going down, maybe we, we hit the peak. Uh, you know, it's, we've been seeing something interesting too, with the virus itself which is that it seems to have uh, peaked, right, potentially, right? So at least here in New York, the new cases have been de declining and it seems like there was a peak a few weeks ago and since then it's been declining. And what they're saying is that perhaps it's a combination of people getting vaccines and growing immunity, mm -hmm. you know, herd immunity and people finally getting kind of, you know, putting on their big boy pants and just wearing the masks because they're like, hey, if this thing is almost over, who wants to take a chance and get sick like yeah. right before this is done? So mm -hmm. um, so that's a good trend. And if people, if the caseload is declining, that means that more things can open and, uh, you know, all of that is good news. So as we're here, we are, we're heading into spring eventually Mm -hmm. Even though Pakistani Phil said we've got six more weeks of winter, uh, that guy doesn't have such a good track record. So we'll see. Um, but uh, it, it's I think there's some reason for optimism. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> we're going to get some more stimulus money. We don't know how much they're going to fight about it, but it's definitely not going to be zero. Mm -hmm. So that is going to also help. Kind of juice the recovery. Um, yeah. So I'd say the trend is not bad. And we also saw, you know, the continuing claims decline mm -hmm. uh, for the, la the last track, which that that's a lagging one by about two weeks. Um, so but still, that's also good news if it's if if it's declining for the right reason, which is that people have just not exhausted their, their benefits. Right. Um, we don't really know yeah. what the reason is. But uh, the new claims is, is helpful. And if it continues downward, I mean, look, it, it'll be, it, when we get down to that previous record of 660,000 mm -hmm. new claims in a week, I think that will be cause for celebration. 
Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that same number. I, I, so as I kind of indicated early on, I actually, I'm flipping my script, right? I think we have seen, not that there's not more pain ahead. So I really want people to hear this. There is definitely more pain ahead, but we are through the worst of it, if that makes sense, right? It gets better from here. And I think it gets noticeably better from here. I think the states like California that were too, they were listening to the scientists and not being, you know, understanding the economy and you could have done different things. Now we're all of a sudden open, just out of nowhere. We're wildly open. And now San Francisco leadership is suing the school systems to open schools. All, all of these things tell me that we are going to go on a path of opening, which will mean hiring. And I think it gets better from here. I think there's more stimulus coming. I think it's going to be more focused. It won't be a hundred grand. It might be 50 grand, but there's more money coming. I think there will be, you know, that comes in, in February or March. I think there's an infrastructure bill right behind it that is going to be significant in market moving. I think very quickly, um, unemployment is going to get below that 660 number, uh, new as far as new claims. And I think we're going to very quickly, probably in six to eight weeks, talk about inflation. I mean, this thing is going to is going to turn on its head, and you and I won't be talking about unemployment claims anymore. It'll be okay. What's going on with consumer inflation, asset inflation? What's going on? There's all this money on the sidelines, dry powder. I mean, it's just, it's going to change faster than people think, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see, because I think this is a huge economy. Mm-hmm. It's a very diverse economy mm-hmm. and it's like a battleship and it's hard to turn a battleship as they say. Right. And I think there's it's still going to be continuing fallout, right? The, the new claims. I mean, look, if we're at 600,000 new claims every week, we're all going to be saying, oh, isn't that great? Except that, you know, it should be like, 150 to 200,000 claims right. a week, right? So that's still, we still have to work through that inventory, so to speak, of like the businesses that have failed, all those people that have been unemployed for a long time, they've got to get reemployed. It's going to take a while, even sure. if we have, even if we have really good, robust growth, right? It's still, it's not going to happen overnight. So we're going to be like working our way through that group of, that very large group of people who, who lost their jobs. And I think right. some of the, you know, we know that some businesses, are never going to come back, right? And unfortunately, I think you know just the way that things have been working in our economy for the last few decades, like the zombie companies that should have gone away have got bailed out, yeah. right? And a lot of like small businesses that were doing fine, but they're just thinly capitalized because they're small, are gone. They didn't get bailed out, and so. We don't really have the creative destruction that you want to have where you've got you know misallocation of resources towards companies that should be out of business and but companies that sh- should stay in business those small businesses that are really the driver of the economy but don't have any political clout mm-hmm. you know they're they're the ones who bore the brunt of this right For so sure. uh and obviously there are hotels are different you know there are different categories of things but for the most part like the, what's you know the the people that have really gotten hurt are the people who didn't have the the cloud in wall street to, you know and i mean so the cloud of wall street with the government to get themselves you know bailed out and the people who had the cloud did so the that's we're still going to like work our way through that and um so i think it's going to be with us for a while like it's going to be i think it's going to feel a lot like it did after the great recession where 
you know, the economists would say we have, we're growing, the economy is growing, right? Yep. And, but, but looking around, everybody was like, this still sucks, right? Because they were looking around and the, the stores are still boarded up on the main street and, you know, they're still seeing the pain. There's still no lots of people who have no jobs or they, you know, they're still looking for jobs. So it just, it's going to take a while yeah. for, for that. But I, I frankly, I'm really, uh, would be really encouraged if a real infrastructure bill got passed. And I know that was supposed to be like Trump's big thing. His bill never went anywhere. You know, it didn't have any support and, mm -hmm. uh, but a real infrastructure, I mean, the, the infrastructure of the country is so, has been allowed to deteriorate so badly over the last really two generations that, I mean, look at you in California, like California used to be famous for how good its infrastructure was, right? And it's yeah. been allowed to deteriorate over the last couple of decades. I mean, I remember as a kid, like California was the promised land, right? Because mm -hmm. everything, the schools were amazing, the highways were amazing, like everything was amazing. And it's it's been allowed to like fall apart. So we really need that. Uh, yeah, I mean, New York has been falling apart forever. It's been falling apart for a hundred years. So yeah, we just we're just used to it here. But uh, you know, like, um, but the uh, we really need that. And it would be uh, it would be the, the kind of stimulus that the economy really needs, which is not just handing more money to banks, but like rebuilding the country, which mm -hmm. provides a huge economic sti stimulus, not just, I mean, there's the jobs it creates, which is great, right? Real jobs, real people, normal people get more, more money in their pockets. That is a good thing. But, but, you know, making the economy more efficient where you're not having like the traffic jams from the breakdowns, you're not having the, all, all the lost time and productivity that results from infrastructure that's falling apart. Right, or not modern, I think that that is also hugely stimulative. And some of the stuff that they're talking about, like universal broadband, I mean, that's that's a huge, you know, having a house in the country where we're, we have no access to broadband is, you know, it's it's really changes how you operate. It makes yeah, it much more It's difficult. noticeable. <laughs> oh, it is, it is noticeable. And not just like for the entertainment stuff. Like I can't do like Zoom calls and stuff, right? Because- mm where the satellite is, you know, traveling across the sky and it gets out of range and we're waiting for the next satellite to come and it's pinging. It's horrible. Right. So can't have a cell phone call. Right. And so wow. that kind of stuff is, uh, is going to really help, you know, get, especially if, if, if it's true, what they say about the economy shifting to kind of like the work from anywhere or whatever, mm -hmm. like that is really a big piece of that. If we don't have reliable broadband, in throughout the country, then certain areas will get left behind. And, you know, this will help, you know, yeah. I think it really would stimulate a lot of like small town economies to be able to have for people like me to say, hey, I'm going to relocate full time to this small town and move and do my business from there and bring all of my economic activity, you know, yeah. firepower and activity mm -hmm. to this town, you know, can't do that right now. But yeah. We're not everywhere, but you know. So I think that's. I think it would be a really, a really good thing for the economy. You know, even just much better than sending everybody checks. No, totally so. agree. Yeah, and I just want to clarify again. I think what's going to happen is I again. I think the economy is going to get better from here. Q two better in Q one. Q three better in Q two. Um, 
I really do think it's, the unemployment claims is going to be trending down from here. It may not, it's not going to crash. I don't want to make, I don't want to, you know, it's not going to be suddenly 200,000 by, you know, February 15th or something. But I do think what we're going to see probably by the summer is you and I are going to be talking about a 10 year treasury bill. That's not 1.17 or 1.18, but it's probably like 1.5, 1.6, 1.7. And that's going to have ripple effects in the economy. Yeah. And it's also has big implications for investors, right? It's got, it is potentially good for, if you're a buyer, you know, even though it sounds counterintuitive, higher interest rates, but it will cause uh, pricing to change Mm -hmm. as a result. For sure. That's good. Not so good for people who own and are trying to sell uh, good for people who want to buy. And uh, we'll also see sort of where that I mean, look, there's all, we don't, it's like the butterfly, you know, you know, flapping its wings in South America and it causes a hurricane, you know, <laughs> somewhere else, right? It's, right. you don't know how these causal chains really work out there. It's going to, if, if interest rates cause Wall Street to collapse, right? The stock market has been really, I think a lot of people would agree overvalued for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're worried that even this GameStop thing could be the, the spark that causes the whole thing to crumble. Uh, you know, it's uh, interest rates could be the thing that does that too. And then that will affect the investment markets as well, because yep. people will in general get more skittish about investing period. But some people just literally like their wealth is going to take a huge hit and they're not going to have the, the, the money to invest. So we don't know how this is going to play out. Uh, exactly. But it, but it, but it will, uh, changes create opportunity, right? That's ch- economic changes create opportunity. So whatever happens is going to create some opportunity somewhere. Yeah. For me, it's always about trying to, I always look for the inflection points, right? Trend, trends go on for quite a while in real estate and investing. And I'm always looking for that, that trend change. Cause if you can see the trend change, the inflection point early, yeah you can position yourself to oversize your returns. That's, that's essentially what I've been trying to do for 20 years. I'm not right all the time. Nobody probably is, but I've been right a couple of times, big time. So that's what I'm looking yeah. for. And the thing about markets too, is that every market, it doesn't matter what the asset is, whether it's stocks or real estate or, you know, whatever it is, maybe Bitcoin is the only one that is, is different, but, uh, because who knows? I mean, we don't still don't even know what the hell that is. But the, <laughs> um, the markets take the stairs up and they take the elevator down, right? Yes. So it th- these bull markets can go on for a long time, and what will happen is they lull a lot of people who are who are new, who are who are not who have not been involved in previous cycles, to think that this is going to go on forever. And that causes more money, you know, more money at the at more and more marginal players and more and more marginal investments get bought oh, yeah. at the top. And yeah. then, uh, you know, when, when the confidence goes or whatever the trigger is, it goes down pretty hard and pretty fast. So I, I've seen it in dozens of markets over my career. Stairs up, elevator down is a great analogy. So yeah. very cool. This has been a fun first conversation. I look forward to our next two. Thank you very yep. much. All right.